Welcome everybody to our bonus podcast. Um, only Thalia and I are here today because Nancy is listening to our own advice in terms of this podcast. We're talking about burnout and balance and she said, I need a day off. Yeah. <laughs> so she is home today uh, dealing with some stuff and having a rest. So that's good. Well, they've been doing a lot of apologetics stuff. She, yeah. They had their Friday night last night and they have something coming up this week. So it's very busy. Yeah. And yeah. she's... Uh, volunteered to be the hot lunch mum at her school. Oh. <laughs> so I think she's counting um, hot dog orders oh, or something. So it's not really a rest. It's so, well, just not, different I work. I think today she is having a rest. But yeah, that has been uh, her thing. So anyways, that's great. We're glad to give her a break. And mm-hmm. the last couple of Fridays, it just has seemed that Thaley and I have quickly gra- ran out to grab a Tim Hortons yeah. and had a half hour chat. So we'll kind of structure this like our, as if we're chatting in the car. <laughs> and Tim Hortons and back. Um, we wanted to just talk first a little bit about um, just some of our favorite things at Northview here on the weekend and then some upcoming things that are com- happening in women's ministry. So what would you say some of your favorite things here on the weekend? You were on duty all weekend. You baptized was, on Saturday uh, and yes. you did emceed all three services Sunday. So. I did. It was a full weekend, but an exciting weekend. So baptized three women, which was so exciting. The water's warm for anybody who's wondering. Yeah. You <laughs> get the nice one. I always have I to do the Cultus Lake one. I know, I know that was great. Works. Yeah. And then uh, for the first time ever, I was the MC in Center Court. I'm usually scheduled for Worship Center. So oh, that you've never was done it before? One evening service. That's oh, it. Okay. And one yeah. Christmas Eve, I think. Yeah. But it was a while ago. So yeah. it was kind of felt new. Yeah, that's fine. So the tech people were so kind and they were kind of walking me through it. So it was great. And it was so nice to see new faces that we don't always see in the worship center. Yeah. So it was a treat. And then Sunday night gathering was new again for me. I'd never been to the new formatted Sunday night gathering. And, and that was great. Farmer Sauce of Jonah Bun okay. at five o'clock. It was great. I hear that they sometimes have sandwiches, but that was really super. And then just visiting and worship and a shorter message. Jeremy Lobdell spoke uh, for half an hour. More prayer, worship, singing. It was it was great. Casual. The lighting is dim. It was just really nice. Yeah, I've talked to well one person in particular who came from a smaller church uh, in Winnipeg, and they've loved Northview, but just really stressing about the size of it. It just yeah. was getting to her after a while. And when the Sunday night service came up, it was just... She came right away that first week with her family, and they've come every week since because it just feels like, oh, yeah, this is more like yeah. home, a smaller size and, and a more relaxed format maybe. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and our family, Mark and I and our kids, we are Saturday night people. Mm-hmm. We love Saturday nights. We've gone since Carter was a baby, so like 15 years, and we love the dinner because, well, it's selfish, right? They make a great meal here. I don't have to cook and I don't have to do dishes. No dishes and then, make them home. Yeah. yeah. And then in the last few weeks, we've been about five o'clock or so. We go from the dinner and we go hang out in the cove, that area with the new couches. Yeah. And then lots more people come through there. So you just have this really great visiting time for an hour, like 4.30 to 5.30 before the service starts. Yeah. It's just great. And yeah. then more visiting after, after the service with the coffee. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a three-hour social. I know. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite things is just the variety of services and how you could come to a different one every week and it would just have a different feel and a different flavor yeah Uh, even the 9 a.m compared to the 11 a.m in center court is a little bit different different crowd and yeah so it's neat to have all those different options available i know and my kids like coming to different services because they have some friends at the saturday night but then if we can't go saturday night then we'll go sunday at 11 o'clock center court yeah and we have the community time in the middle, and there's different teenagers there that they wouldn't normally see Saturday night. So it's a different kind of visiting for them. Right. So we try to mix it up so that we kind of have the benefit of all the flavors. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And this Saturday night was extra special oh. with the baptism. That was just really fun to have C14 people mm-hmm. getting baptized and yeah. go through that. 
Um, we thought we'd also just give you a few updates as to some things that are happening in the next little while in women's ministry. Uh, for the women that are listening, um, we have our retreat coming up at the end of January, and so we just opened up registration online. So we just really encourage you to check that out and um, come take a look at what we're doing. Uh, next week, Monday, a group of us are going to go down uh, to Warm Beach Camp and Conference Center. It's a new location. We're going to go down, take a whole bunch of pictures, mm -hmm. uh, do a kind of an advanced scouting out um, so that we can kind of give you guys a visual of what it's going to be like. That's so, a good idea. Yeah, so look for those pictures maybe uh, end of October, and we'll send out maybe some video clips and that kind of stuff so you can see yeah. what it's all about and registration closes a little earlier this year right yeah. when are you wanting to close that? um i think it's the second week in january so about three weeks before the event um they need the hard they need the hard the numbers. hard numbers okay. so yeah so we want to really encourage people to um register early and i think December 1st is our early bird cutoff, so I'll, we'll have that all on the website, but okay. yeah, to think about, yeah. it'll be fun. It's always open to teenage girls and up, and um, it's just really a great time. So we're looking forward to a new location um, and just trying that out. Our daughters have really enjoyed the last few years. They have. Yeah, it's been a highlight for them. It has been just great. And when you think of the fact that you want them to grow up in the church into communities where they feel connected and yeah. just helps build those bridges and... Yeah. Makes it feel like women's ministry may not be such a weird thing as they get yeah. older. Yeah, and make lots of natural mentoring that mm -hmm. happens and just fun. So yeah. yeah. And we're in the States this time, a little further down, so that there's outlet shopping. There is. <laughs> All the boys roll their eyes whenever we mention that, but hey, whatever <laughs> works. No, no, it's true. <laughs> That's not why we chose to change it. No, it's just fresh. But it's fun. It's something fun. different. Yeah, and a bigger facility for our meeting rooms, which will make it great. So we don't have to feel as squashed in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's good. And also a women's mission trip coming up in spring. So we're just starting to get the word out that way. We've been going to Pandavita, Mexico, to the Children of Hope Orph Orphanage for a couple of years. And we will be doing that again this year. Oh. So April 25th okay. to May 4th, I think. So, How many women do they take? Generally 15 is the maximum, 10 to 15. Okay. Yeah, and it's working with the kids in the orphanage, um, doing some projects, whatever they kind of call us to do, and often some kind of teaching component or devotional with kids and the staff and that kind okay. of stuff so yeah it'll be good yeah um today we were wanting to talk about burnout as i mentioned when we were introducing so um thalia you deal with a lot of women in this church here mm -hmm. um how often do you see people feeling like they're burnt out or yeah well you and i that? both when we were talking about this yeah. topic we both know people who have gone through burnout and those we are watching because they could be on the path to burnout. Yeah. This is a reality in our super busy culture. How would you define it? So burnout. we would say that uh, a state of burnout is someone who's just completely exhausted, mm -hmm. emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted, socially exhausted, spiritually. It's hard to get out of bed. It's hard to put one foot in front of the other. It's hard to do your tasks of whether it's home or job or school. Like it's just, you are completely drained. Yeah. You just yeah. got nothing left to give. No. Anybody. Yeah. No. Uh, why would somebody reach that point? What do you think are yeah. the main reasons people go down that path? Let's talk about that because yeah. there are so many reasons why someone would end up being burnt out or is on the path to being burnt out. So we'll go back and forth. But one of the examples that people always are concerned about for me is the emotional burdens. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of people. That could be nurses, social workers, pastors, people who are in the helping professions. When you hear a lot of emotional muck all the time, like we do, it takes a toll. 
And so then over time, if it's too heavy a load over too long a time, the fear and the worry is that someone could end up being burnt out. Because mm -hmm. people tend to enter vicariously into other people's situations. Yeah. They want to be able to help and they want yeah. to be able to solve. And, and the load is heavy like, and yeah. you can't necessarily fix people's problems. And so then you f end up feeling hopeless and you feel angry that people aren't changing their lives. Yeah. And, you know, it just starts to really take a toll. Yeah. Um, physical burdens can do it too. Um, mm -hmm. Some people are working hard to make ends meet and they're yep. working two or three jobs or they have, um, especially single parents maybe, um, doing a lot of the daily jobs around the house. Uh, no one else to kind of help them out. So they're just like running yeah. from morning till night and yeah. no time to rest. One of the wives and mums in our congregation still laughs when she sees me because I joked with her that I was going to give her a spanking yeah. a couple of years ago where she had a whole bunch of things on her plate, you know, homestay students and aging parents and her own family and a job and on and on. And I was like, what? Okay. If you take on one more thing, I'm going to give you a spanking. And she still brings it up because it was her way of recognizing, okay, there's a point when I have to say no to something. And sometimes other people help us see that better. We yeah. think, oh, I can just handle this. I can just do it. But yeah. She else. listened though. Yeah. 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 She laughs with me now. That's yeah. good. I know. <laughs> You didn't actually have to spank her, which is no, good. no, no. <laughs> um, I think the drive to succeed, um, perfectionism, yes. wanting to be really good at something, and I think all of these emotional, physical can be in all age groups. But yeah. I think perfectionism, these things can be uh, really high in teenage kids yeah. and university, university kids. They feel a lot of pressure um, to make the grades, to get into university, to stay in university, to keep mm -hmm. scholarships. Yeah, we um, see breakdowns in a teenage level or younger. Yeah. We see breakdown in young men and women who are just trying to get the best grades and get into the best schools and also hold down jobs and, and, and. It just adds up. Yeah. Businessmen, too, who are striving to, you know, do their best for their business and they're putting their all into it, but eventually the load gets too heavy. Yeah. You just can't keep going. Yeah. No, and of course the super mom syndrome. Yes. You know, I'm not a super mom, so. <laughs> Have you ever been? Like, have you ever kind of tended to want to be? No, or? but I have um, I have a couple of friends that are super moms, and I, I bug them and now and then just so that they see that they go a little far sometimes. And these are moms that want to do it all, which is not a wrong desire. Yeah. You know, they want to bake from scratch, and they want to volunteer in their classroom, and they want to hold a job, and they want to, and, 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 and they try to do everything. And it's just very hard to live up to that. Yeah. Yeah, and eventually they fall apart. And sometimes it can be, like you said, for good reasons. Sometimes mm -hmm. it can be a bit of a pride reason. Yeah, or a, you know? that badge of busyness. Yeah, yeah. Other, I can do it all. You want people to think that you're important and you have Yeah, it. yeah, and decorate my home and work out and have a job and, and pets and whatever. Oh, goodness. Yeah. This just makes me tired thinking <laughs> <I know>. about it. <laughs> We're going to have to have a nap after, after this podcast. After the burnout. We'll burn out after this one. Um, we've talked about this in other ones too in the adversity when we talked about this a little bit but that desire to save people oh we yeah want to have the savior complex we want to be the one that swoops in and makes everything all right mm -hmm. and help somebody out of a jam and so that desire to be a savior yes can really lead to yes. bad habits i, I and, talked about yeah. this once to new pastors who are being credentialed with the mb conference and we talked about this because for pastors or people in the helping profession, you know, we want to be people pleasers and we want to help out. So we'll take those emergency calls late at night or in the middle of a yeah. meal or on the weekends and we'll continue to rescue people all the time, putting our needs last. Yeah. But eventually, of course, that hurts us because we are physical people who need rest and all those kinds of things. 
And eventually it doesn't necessarily help that person often. Like no. sometimes people need that middle of the night help, but often it's just people that want more and more attention. And if we yeah. keep giving it to them, then... Because we're a team. We anywhere. need to work together. It can't just be one person meeting the needs of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So is there an ideal world that we can live in where we're always <laughs> in harmony and balance and nothing ever flaps us and life is just so predictable? What do you think? Well, my rant is this word balance. I really, really, really hate the word balance. <laughs> oh, really, really, yeah, really, really, really. Because if you think of, uh, like Crystal had the idea of a BOSU ball or a wobble board, and you know if you stand on it, you might be able to achieve balance for a few seconds or a lot longer if you've had training. But most you've of us... the good <laughs> core muscles. <laughs> I can barely get it up for one second. So if we try to live in balance, like every day, we just constantly are disappointed. We yeah. feel guilty all the time because we can't every day do everything that we should do. We have yeah. this idea that if I'm living a day in balance, then I should exercise and eat my veggies and do my spiritual Bible reading and my prayer and contact a good friend and take care of my house and go grocery shopping and my pets and my, and you just, it, it just all falls apart. Yeah. We cannot do it over one day. So my rant is, please, if you have to word the use, use the word balance, then think of it more as over like a week or, or even over a month. A month. Yeah. yeah. Because that's a little bit more achievable. Although we know, you and I, your rant is that well, it doesn't isn't like that. We have busy seasons and we have slower seasons. Yeah. And you had some stuff that you wanted to add to that. Well, I just remember one week where, like, it was a really hard week. Both my grandfathers passed mm. away and my three kids all had chicken pox oh. at the same time. So I'm running in and out of funeral homes and trying to keep my kids away oh. from people that haven't got... And, like, my house is a shambles and it was weeks for me to recover. But yes. you can't just say, like, balance. feel guilty about that. Yeah. <laughs> just have some balance. balance. There's times where you just have to plow in, you know, yeah. put your nose to the grindstone, say this is going to be a crazy time, a crazy season, and get through it. Every September, yes. we kind of hit the ground yeah. after our August holidays and we're bracing ourselves because we know till basically October 10th. It's yeah, a whole month. Be, it's going to be craziness. It's going to be at full work. throttle. And in our homes, trying yeah. to get our kids settled into school. Yeah. And so yeah. we can't in those times just pull back and say, well, I'm not going to do that because I need to be in balance. Yeah. We have to say, you know what, for these this month, I just know that's going to be my reality. Yeah. But I can't sustain this no. forever and for a long time. I think that's the important point too, is that burnout isn't, you don't just have a crazy week and then you hit burnout. No. Like burnout is something over a long term. Yeah. So if you have a crazy week or crazy month, like we do every September, well, we don't hit burnout. No. We just realize we're tired. Then and we, we take just a break. Kind of take a day. We plan ahead of time. Take yeah. this day off in October or whatever. Yeah. Burnout could be months and years of yeah. too heavy responsibility, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if we didn't recognize some of those cycles and kept adding on more in October True. and November and yeah, then it would get there. But And our church is really healthy that way. And you may not yeah, know that if you're our is. listeners. Yeah. But for example, I work 25 hours a week. And if I work regularly 30 hours a week, not a problem. If I start working 35 hours a week, they're going to have a conversation with me because I was hired for 25. Mm -hmm. But my work is flexible. And if I need to go home early in an afternoon, I can. Or if I need to take a day here or a day there, whatever because my work isn't consistent. It's wherever people need to meet with me. But our church is very, uh, very, um, what's that word? Considerate, kind of. And well, sometimes you mindful. Hear, yeah, sometimes you hear jobs where they people jokingly say, well, they'll pay me for 20, but they expect me to work 40. But yeah. that's not the way it is here at Northview. No. They, you get in trouble if you're working 40 and they're paying you for 20. Yeah. And if you work overtime, they hope their goal is that you will take off those same kind of hours within that month. Yeah, so your bank you time. Your bank time. So mm -hmm. you don't bank it for a year and then end up with six weeks off. Yeah. But instead you take a day or two a month to get caught up. Yeah. So I think that's healthy. Um, 
Yeah, and we and there's also on the flip side is some people who are so scared of getting involved that they use this balance as a yeah. cop out, right? Like yeah, I, I don't, don't want that. No. It's a laziness thing. It's yeah. lazy. Like I don't want anything to upset my life. So yeah. no, I'm not going to help out. I'm not going to yes. because I just want to be balanced. So yeah, yeah. So how does burnout happen? Well, you said overnight. It's not overnight. It's a slippery slope. So yeah. what kind of thinking helps us go down that or whatever yeah. pushes us down that path? So when I've talked to other groups about this, it often starts with feeling just tired and grumpy over a period of time. And then you start to feel resentful and then angry. Yeah. And then, you know, you start to get tired and it just, it just spirals. It gets out of control and people around you can see it yeah. and they will sometimes tell you, Oh, that's a pretty heavy load. Have you considered dropping this or stopping that or changing this? And we need to listen to those people yeah. because we don't always recognize it ourselves. but it's not something that happens over a week. It can take months to build up. Yeah. Um, we can develop less tolerance for things that you might have had tolerance yeah. for before, right? Comments mm-hmm. or just uh, people coming to coming to you with issues. You can, if you sense yourself wanting to push people away rather than listen, because yes. you're just like I'm up to my eyeballs in issues I can't handle anymore. Yeah, if someone's kind of far too quick to burst into tears or burst yeah. into anger or they're off emotionally for a long period of time, not just one day, not just one week, yeah. but over time, you think you know this person isn't coping very well. Yeah. That might be time to have a conversation about, hey, what's going on in your life? What's on your plate? And how are you managing all of this? Yeah. And all of us are different in terms yeah. of how much we can handle. Yeah. Um, some of us need more downtime. Others, like my daughter, Jessica, like one of my friends laughs and says, well, it's a good thing she has so many friends because she would tire one person out if they had to do everything <laughs> with her <laughs> because she can just go, 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 go with and friends. She, like that energizes her. Yes. Right? Whereas me, I know I need a few evenings at home or mm-hmm. else I'm just done. I can't be out every night. No. And it's and okay so, that if we have different capacity levels. It is. Yeah. So some people have a capacity to be very busy and that energizes them and they can manage it. And other people can only really manage one extra task other than their work. And that's totally fine. Like yeah. make sure you hear us that if you have a different energy level or different capacity level, it's fine. It just makes you unique and different. That's totally fine. Yeah. There's no right or wrong no. in this one. It's just different. No, and it's different and stages we, of life. Like I think yeah. about what I can handle now as opposed yeah. to when I was a mom with two kids back to back and I wasn't able to handle nearly what I can handle now. Yeah. Just a stage of life thing. Yeah, and even just experience. I think the more you walk through different experiences, mm-hmm. you learn how to handle them quicker. Yeah. And get through them quicker, whereas something might have taken you an hour to figure out at yeah. one point and now you're, okay, true. I know how to do that now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so different capacities can change over time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what if you have people that have hit burnout, do, is there hope for them? Or yeah. are they doomed? They have asked me that question. If you've hit burnout, is it possible to recover? Yeah. And we know that our God is a God of recovery. So yes, 100% people can recover. But if you've hit burnout before or you've come close, then you might be more prone to it another time. So you really have to take time to think, okay, how am I going to prevent this from happening a second time or a third time? It, this is something to watch for. Yeah. Yeah. So while we should all have healthy boundaries all the time, once you've gone there once, you definitely have to be a lot more. I think so. It's like a sickness. I remember when I was entering Bible college, I got a very bad case of laryngitis where I lost my voice. And for a number of years after that, every time I would get a cold, I would get laryngitis and I'd lose my voice. So almost like I became prone to it through that one illness. Yeah. I think it's like that with burnout. Once we get very close to burnout and we are really squashed and we are just really hurting uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, we could be prone to it again. So we just have to take extra time and energy to reevaluate our life. And we're going to talk about some of those solutions because it's a big deal to 
take a break and really look at what's going on. Yeah. And I think realize like it's like anything that any wound that you have mm-hmm. that as it's healing, it's just going to need some more TLC yeah. around it, right? Like so it might just take a couple years. Yeah. And it might need a little bit of extra attention during that time, but as it yeah. as you go further along, it's you're going to become tougher again. Yes. But you can recover. First, yep, yeah, 100% yeah. you can recover. But it just might take time. Yeah. Yeah, and it might take, yeah. So prevention, we want to talk about prevention and solutions. They're kind of the same thing. They are. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> so years ago, I worked in mental health and I was not allowed to actually work with people like on a counseling level until we had made sure that they had gone to a medical doctor because we also had to do like an intake and make sure, are you sleeping? Yeah. If you're sleeping too much or too little, that's not a healthy sign. You know, a regular amount. Are you eating too much or too little? Are you taking your medications properly? You know, are you doing, are you exercising? Do you have hobbies and interests? And we had to make sure people were sort of doing those things before we could do any counseling strategies. And the example I use all the time is, I meet with moms who want to maintain a a good slim weight. Okay, that's a good desire. But if you're doing it by drinking coffee and eating crackers, well, that's not going to make you a very kind, thoughtful, intelligent mom. You're going to be grumpy and tired because <laughs> yeah. our bodies are not made for coffee and crackers only. Yeah. So we need to eat well and we need to sleep well and take our medications. And that for me is the foundation of preventing burnout or solving it. You need to rest and you need to do what's healthy for the body that God has given us. Yeah. So yeah. many times we skip past that and spiritualize yeah. all these things, right? Yeah. And we think, well, God should give me the strength to do all this. And, and people and are surprised it. when I do that because, you yeah. know, you and I are pastors here, so we should really first go to the Bible and prayer. Yeah. But I know, and you know, that people can't read their Bible or study their Bible well or even pray well if we're not eating and sleeping and doing those things yeah. correctly. Their brain, yeah. Yeah. I know myself, if I miss lunch and try and keep working, <laughs> no, you don't want to submit those. Yeah, like, why do I have such <laughs> a headache? It's too yeah. Oh, I didn't have lunch. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so take care of our bodies first so we can think properly. So we were thinking, as we were talking about this burnout of examples in the Bible, and I guess the one that came out came to mind related to this yeah. topic was the story of Elijah. Yes. Um, after he had this great Mount Carmel experience, and called down fire from heaven and totally got the whole uh, prophets of Baal, you know, egg in their faces, I guess you'd say. And then Jezebel came after him and he ran away in fear into the wilderness. And it says that the angels came and cared for him for a certain number of days until he was well enough to continue on his way. Yeah, it's in 1 Kings 19, 1 to 8. You can read it. It's very interesting. This man of God who has done all these amazing things is completely (coughs) burned out. And what does he need? He needs food and rest Air, and rest, water. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quiet. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing story. And it just reminds us that we are human. Even yeah. the most, even the celebrity people around us are human. And God made us with those mm-hmm. needs. He, yeah, made us with the requirements. So he uh, wants us to honor his creation and taking care of our bodies and all that. Yeah. Uh, priorities. How do we evaluate priorities and what's important and what we should let go of, what's unrealistic? Yeah, that's a big discussion. And I would say that in this whole reevaluation stage, if you're on the way to burnout or if you're recovering from burnout, is meet with some trusted people in your yeah. life yeah. and ask them to help you reevaluate what needs to stay, what needs to go, what do you need to cut down on? It's different for each person. So it's not something that we can just say, here, cookie cutter, this is what you have to do. No. 
we say to people here at church that sometimes in a season of burnout, it's okay to hide. You can sit in the back row of church and simply sing and pray and scripture read and just be part of the service and learn from the teaching. There are seasons like that. Mm-hmm. And there are other seasons where you're recovered and ready to go and you volunteer <coughs> and pitch in and it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so many of the expectations we have for ourselves are unrealistic. So it's learning too to evaluate which are realistic yeah. and which are unrealistic and which are important to the people around us and which aren't. I think sometimes mm-hmm. I can get all stressed about filling a need that I think is important for my kids or for Bob or whatever. And then I realize, well, that's not really what they need. Oh, yeah. What they need is <coughs> time with mom. <laughs> they need me to sit on their bed and talk to them. Yeah. They don't need me to frantically be baking cookies. Yeah. And so I think it's evaluating to, you know, what is the most, the best use of our time mm-hmm. to fill the needs of the people that are, that we really want to, them to feel cared for. You talked before about rethinking your pink and blue jobs. I thought that was great. You yeah, talk about that a little bit. That was fun um, to think about because it's something that was a frustration point for Bob and I initially in our marriage because um, we, you know in your mind you have the pink jobs, which are the ones that the girls should do, and the, the blue jobs that the guys should do. And there was some blue jobs that he just hated doing. Like he just doesn't like mowing the lawn oh, and yeah. doing the yard work and that kind of stuff. He hates doing it. Um, but he doesn't mind doing grocery shopping and doing all these kind of errands, and I don't like doing those kind of things. <laughs> so I would get annoyed at him that he didn't want to mow the lawn, and then I'd feel like I still had to do the grocery shopping right. because I'm the girl, and that's what the girls do. And then we thought, well, this is stupid. I'll do the yard work. You do the shopping. Nice. <laughs> and it's good. Good cooperation. But sometimes we get so locked into these mm-hmm. kind of what society said, well, this is your place, this is your role, um, that we don't then um, just think, well, what – Let's divide it based on what we like to do. And yeah. what... So a team approach is what we talked about before, realizing that it's not up to me to do everything in my life. We're a team for a reason, whether it's a family or friendship group or a church co-working group like we have here. Co-working group. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a team. Yeah. <laughs> and with every... There usually seems to be one person, like in a family specifically, that'll take on the roles that really should be managed by a group of mm. people. And so there's always that one responsible person. Like the family CEO? Yeah. (laughs) But they are the ones that are prone to be, you know, feeling the burnout because they feel the responsibility, the weight to carry everybody else. Yeah. And and the problem with that is if that person does all the jobs and they don't delegate or allow other people to pitch in, then other people are allowed to be lazy. Yeah. And that is to the detriment of your family as opposed to the, and the person who's doing all the work. So yeah, it's a big deal. What about the story of Moses? In Exodus 18, there's a story of Moses who, uh, well, I'll read it to you. You'll, you'll hear it. It's starting at verse 13. Exodus 18, starting at 13. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Don't you notice? That's the father-in-law yeah. He's speaking into Moses, the big, the big cheese guy. Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to them, What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. Hear that? Burned out. (laughs) You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people. 
men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide for themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. It's an amazing so it's good for passage. Everybody. Not yeah. just good for Moses, good for everybody. It's good for everybody. Yeah. It's a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we see the same story um, in the apostles in the early church when uh, they said there was so many needs from the poor people. And so they de- delegated or they devised a team of elders or deacons at the time yeah. uh, to fulfill the needs so that they could do the preaching and teaching ministry. Yeah. And so that's a wise thing. Uh, just say, well, what are your gifts? What are your strengths? Um, and allow each others to use each other's gifts and strengths to mm-hmm. serve together in mm-hmm. the church. So that's what we wanted to kind of end with. Um, just mm-hmm. uh, encouraging everybody to evaluate where you are getting your strength. Yeah. Like that's a great way to think yeah, how about you how, to, how to cope with burnout. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that are filling you up? What are the things that energize you? So we had examples physically. So hobbies, interests, exercise, uh, golfing, tennis, running, walking. What are those physical things that you enjoy? Mm -hmm. Uh, Emotionally, time alone, time with supportive friends, counseling. What are the things that can fill you up? This is different for everybody, obviously. Yeah. Spiritually, being at church regularly, Bible reading, Bible study, prayer, retreats. And socially, supportive family and friends. Yeah, these Anything are great things to, to consider. To list. <clears throat> no, I think that's a good start. I mean, Crystal and I know that if you think that you you or someone close to you is struggling with possible burnout or is heading in that direction, you're so welcome to come and talk to us. Yeah. And we can talk about this further because we realize that we're doing a half-hour podcast, but we could talk about this for hours because it's unique and individual to each person. So what will send someone to burnout won't send the next person to burnout. And what are the signs in one person might be slightly different than signs in another person. Yeah. But having, yeah, sitting down with us and having us kind of map out all the different things yeah. that you're doing and which are the ones that are stressors and which are the ones that are good in terms of your mental health and physical health. And yeah, it can be a helpful process, right? Yeah. And, and there's thinking a long term. Mm-hmm. And there's a book that is helpful. I'm partway through it, but three quarters of the way through it. We received it at the Gospel Coalition. Free. Yeah. It's called Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. That is very good. So I would encourage you, to, if you're a reader, to read that. If not, there's got to be articles and websites we can clue people in if they email us. Yeah. So email sure. us. <clears throat> and I'd say just we can be high achievers about everything, and we can be high achievers about this too. So just give yourself grace as you figure it out. And if you mess it up one day and you feel like you're really stressed out, well, then you start again the next morning. Yeah, that's a good see point. how it goes. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to be, like we said, you're never going to have your life completely in balance, completely figured out. It's a constant juggling act and just give yourself grace with that and mm-hmm. and allow others to speak into your life on that topic. Yeah. So we thought we'd end with Micah 6 verse 8. It's a passage um, where God is kind of talking to the people of Israel and saying, um, asking them to identify what he requires of them. And they're putting all kinds of rules on themselves. And he says, Uh, In in verse 8, he says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And I think if we can keep those things in mind, God's not requiring 
like he says in here, 10,000 rivers of oil and your firstborn and the fruit of your body, all these things. <laughs> he wants you to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with him and allow him to direct your paths. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just pray to that end and we will close off. Lord, we just thank you for all the people who are part of our congregation. Thank you, Lord, for so many people who have a passion uh, for serving your church, for serving their families, uh, for serving the community, for um, doing so many good things in your name. Lord, we just pray that as we do these things, that you would just continually um, be refining us and reshaping us, Lord, so that we understand your priorities in every situation, so that we let go of the expectations that would be um, not pleasing to you or not helpful to us, and that we would learn to just rest in your grace and the fact that you just require us to walk humbly with you. Mm-hmm. So Lord, we just um, pray for people, especially those who may be feeling that they are burned out, that they're carrying too many burdens. Lord, I pray that there would be wise people who would come alongside them, who would give them advice, who would notice when their eyes seem a bit frantic yeah. and when they're blowing up or bursting into tears, Lord. Yeah. I just pray that uh, there'd be people who are sensitive and caring and kind and compassionate, Lord, and it would help us all to um, just keep ourselves in check and to uh, have realistic expectations on ourselves and on others. So Lord, we just pray for our congregants, we pray for ourselves, we pray for all our staff as we pastors and directors and staff members are to seek to serve the needs of so many people in this church um, that we would just keep your perspectives in mind. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. See you later.